Hi, everybody. This is exciting. Hey, just the two of us. Yeah, we have these every once in a while when the other hosts run away and don't want to be on. Uh, t- <laughs> tonight we're have doing other things a. To do. Yes, everyone has. Everyone's been very busy with stuff. That's why things. our release schedule has been wonky. We'll try to get that back on track. But tonight we're doing yeah. a listener suggestion. As we said we would, we do keep up to our word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it comes in from listener Jamie. So thank you, Jamie. Uh, this is a movie called The Pelican Brief. The Pelican Brief from 1993. Uh, I've, I know of this movie. I know it's one of the John Grisham adaptations. One of those pul- pulpy legal thrillers. Uh, but I've right. never, never come across it on TV. Never gone back to see it. Uh, have you seen this before? I have. So, are you? You've seen some of the other John Grisham adaptations. I have seen so. one other John Grisham adaptation. A Time to Kill. No. Uh, the one with Tom Cruise. No. Uh, the I one think you where... own it. Oh, that's. Uh, I mean, what? <laughs> I think you have what the if... DVD. Like, okay, little... yeah. Which Actually, no. It? I'm looking at it on my shelf right now. We have it now, but you oh, okay. Originally. So it used to be in our. Yeah, collection. Runaway Jury. I've seen Runaway Jury. Oh, Runaway Jury. That's a good one. I like Runaway Jury. Yeah. I, I like that. I haven't seen any of the other ones, but I like Runaway Jury. I'm pretty sure I've seen them all. I think there's a Matt Damon one, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I looked it up, and there's like between 93 and like 2004, there's like 12, and then that's yeah. it. There were, there's none before or after. So No, that was, was the very, sweet spot. It was spot very 90s. Of yeah, all 90s of that. sweet spot. Yeah. Are they all like this? They're all like some sort of legal thing and it's a thriller and it is and it's kind of like over the top pulp. Yeah, they're all like this. Um some are I mean there's varying degrees of if you want to say that they're good, if you want to say that they're, you know, they keep your interest or uh, maybe there's a twist or a spoiler at the end that you don't know about. Oh, the client, that was one too with Susan Sarandon. But they're all lawyers, yeah. courtroom. Yeah, it's all courtroom drama stuff. But it's yeah. really, yeah, it's really about how how bad the I don't know judicial, legal, government system is, and how corrupt, I guess, and and of course, big business. So yeah, it's actually timed out all right. We're do, they were uh, got a new Supreme Court justice being well, I don't know if they're, she's confirmed at the time of this recording, but she's a uh, on, on her way. It seems like yeah, she will be. So, yeah, I think so. I think uh, I think she's got the votes. Uh, so, the Pelican Brief. A New Orleans law student finds herself embroiled in a terrifying web of intrigue extending to the highest levels of government after she writes a speculative legal brief exposing the activities of a powerful oil magnet. That yeah. gives a little a little away, but that's okay. Um, it's uh, <laughs> this film is not brief. It is two hours and twenty one minutes. I uh, when I sat down to watch it, I was like, "No, this is during that time frame. This is a no no. This is way too long for the nineties. This is probably why I didn't go back and watch it. Because usually, if I had heard of something, I go back and see it if it's if it's got a name to it. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I think I probably saw this runtime. I was like, you know, I don't know <laughs> if I need lot. to. It's a uh, review wise. It's in the mixed area. It's at fifty three on Rotten Tomatoes and sixty something for the audience score. Mm-hmm. Sixes on sixes and fives on Metacritic and IMDb. So not like you know, it's pretty middling. Is that um, where they all kind of live though? I don't know. Runaway Jury, I think, is at like seventy four. Oh, okay. I think uh, cl- I think the the client is like the big one. That's the Tom Cruise one, right? Yes. Or not? Or no, maybe no, it's the- not the client. 
Yeah. Well, the one with Tom Cruise, yeah. the one with Tom Cruise has got like a seventy-five. They're all yeah. they're all like middling, but this is on the low or like middling to like barely fresh, and this is on like the lower end, I think. Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's on HBO Max. It floats around the streaming services. I've seen it on all of them at some point, like the the, the name at some point. Uh, so that's where it is right now, and we are going to spoil it. Uh, so this is all surrounding the assassination of two Supreme Court justices, Jensen and Rosenberg. Uh, they don't really have a lot in common, so it's an odd thing that the two of them were the targets. And right. uh, people are trying to figure out why. Uh, the first person that we follow, really, is uh, Tulane University law student Darby Shaw. That is Julia Roberts' character. And she writes her own legal brief detailing her theory of uh, why they got killed. And gives it to her professor slash lover, Thomas Callahan. <laughs> that is Sam Shepard. And uh, he's like, oh, that's pretty interesting, pretty good. R.I.P. And yeah, both. Yeah. Um, and uh, he gives it to his buddy, John Hurd. What's his name? He's an FBI guy. <laughs> yeah, everyone's dead in this movie. I mean. <laughs> is John, John Hurd's not dead in real life, is he? Who? John Hurd? John Hurd's not dead. Yeah, he is. Oh, he, he is just dead, died. Isn't he? Yeah, not not that long ago. 20, 2017. Wow, I didn't know he died. Okay. Yeah. Well. Kevin McAllister's dad. Big, big I, deal. It's not usually what I think. He's always like a bad guy in my head. I don't know why. Like He's like a sleazy. He's got a punchable like, face. I mean, he's that's why. That's probably why. I thought he was going to be the bad guy in this. We'll find out if he is. Yeah. Um, was, uh, gives it to him. Uh, and then there's this contract killer guy. We see who's doing the literal killings. It's Stanley Tucci. Young, young Stanley Tucci. So young uh, Stanley is, Tucci. I almost unrecognizably young Stanley Tucci, um, especially with the the hairpiece that he wears at a couple different points. It's like wow, yeah, he, it's everything. Crazy. It's he's very him, he looks kind of like uh, young Steve Jobs. Like and then at some point they diverged, but uh, I think that <laughs> when they were both this when they were both this age, they look kind of similar. Accurate. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he's the he's the killer killer. That's not that's not really a reveal. He, we know this in the beginning because we watch him do the killings. Right. Uh, but there is some sort of larger conspiracy going on because other people start getting killed, and uh, it's all related to this brief, the Pelican, the titular Pelican brief that right. Darby has written, uh, and it gets uh, the the guy gets involved, a Washington Herald reporter, Gray uh, Grantham, uh, it's uh, Denzel, and he gets informed by someone calling uh, themselves Garcia about uh, information about the assassinations and the disappearance of stuff. And so uh, it, it takes a little bit of time, but eventually Shaw and Grantham are going to team up and try to get to the bottom of who, wh- who's behind these murders because after the you know initial assassinations, a lot more people are killed. Right. Uh, and they got to figure out the conspiracy and unravel the thing. And, and they still have to convince people that people are dying because of this, not just like random... Yes, yes. No, so. it's hard for them to anyone to believe them, and they have to be in hiding because because anyone who know everyone who finds out about Pelican Brief dies, right? Uh, except Dar- Darby's the only one who's been able to evade despite numerous attempts, uh, and the only one. And then you know you got John Lithgow <laughs> as uh, the boss, like uh, this is your last straw. You're not. The, I'm gonna take <laughs> you off the case because this is you're wasting the time. This is nonsense. That a, that guy. Different so story. This there. is not a good story. So, speaking of, is it a good story? Uh, what do you think of this movie? <laughs> um, it's really formulaic. I mean, this is, I think, when John, John Grisham novels are notoriously thick. Uh, so there's a lot going on. And, and I think that when they make the movies for these things, there's they 
I don't know how true it is to the books because I'm not a strong reader of those books. Um, but I, I know that there's poetic license taken, but I do think that they try to keep a lot of characters in. And so I think watching this the first, was this your first watch? I had never seen this before. Okay. I, I mean, you're good at following things, but I think if you're a casual viewer, you could seriously be going, okay, wait, who's that? Who is that dude? And what is his, Who's he related to? I mean, yeah, he's going to die next, but why is why does he have this? And uh, there's just a lot of characters. It feels like it can, you know, nowadays they would probably slim that down a little bit and kind of. The actors them. I knew who they were, I could follow, and then the actors I yeah. didn't know who they were, I yeah. had trouble because yeah. like there's like because I know who Sam Shepard is and I know who John Hurt is and the president's the president. That's pretty easy. And John Lithgow, Stanley Tucci, and then right. there's like four or five other generic white guy suit people, and I'm like, uh. Yeah, I think I know. I think I remember which one you are, but I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I think I remember who, what bad coup you're in, because everybody's everybody's painted in a pretty terrible light. Um, I like the story though. The thing about the Pelican Brief is that it's such an. I think it's an interesting name because a lot of the other ones are pretty. You know, a time to kill the client. Um, pretty generic name. Yeah, but this really has to do with something that's not really explained until fairly late in the movie i think they don't even get to, our protagonists do not even meet up until oh past the hour mark i mean yeah. they, they they really take their time to get there yeah and i don't know i don't mind it i thought it was gonna be when i saw that it was the 221 i was like oh okay this movie is not gonna for me it's gonna drag but it really didn't and um i i i like it it's trite though it's it's very it's you know easy to follow there's not a lot of uh twists and turns we're just along with the the protagonist trying to you know unravel the mystery this would have been nominated for best picture in like 1963 this is an old ass feeling movie <laughs> feels fucking ancient uh what's his name uh alan pacula the guy who directed this alan pacula he's he, yeah pacula okay he's made a bunch of other legal stuff including yeah. one of my favorite older movies uh, to Kill a Mockingbird, like also an old legal thriller thing. I like that film adaptation. Uh, yeah. And that's when this feels like it was, uh, you know, taking place. It feels so <laughs> fucking old. The pacing is so old. Uh, the lot, the the writing is feels old. The gen, the it feels it is very generic, and it and it, it just feels fucking anxious. I think it it, cinematically, feel like it feels really old too. It like, do, it feels like an old ass motherfucker is directing, and like <laughs> not like not like he was he was in his like early sixties when he made this. Like Spielberg and Scorsese huh. are fifteen years older than that, and they're still making stuff that's at least I mean, it, I, fucking way more interesting than this like this is just this feels like an old dude maybe uh, this is it. what what the jumping point was for film but it, when you get to like the 90s and unless it's like an indie this is the kind of stuff if it weren't you know a big blockbuster kind of thing this is the kind of stuff that you would that you would see and so maybe this is just like this is the end and alan pukula is like okay this is He's definitely part of that old '60s and '70s guard of uh, like like mid-tier prestige directors, like yeah. uh, who the guy the guy who makes like uh, 
spotlight in those kind of movies now i can't remember his name these are the these are the kind of guy like like they make like mid-tier every every fourth film will be nominated for something but mm-hmm. they're not they're not they're not the names they're not the auteurs he's, yeah. he's like one of them and like they they tend to, after after a while they tend to fade out this is definitely on his fade out um it's uh, like i i like when i see i like when julia roberts and denzel are together because yeah. I think they play off each other well, and that yeah. is, you know, moderately interesting. Whereas, like everything else is not. It's just like I'm just I don't care. I don't care about any of this. Like it's not. And I like uh, I, I listen to a lot of like podcasts about Supreme Court stuff. There, it's my most interesting branch of government. I think they're extremely interesting branch of government, and I like. So when we start with two justices, I'm like, oh, it's going to be interesting to me because I like <laughs> Supreme Court shit. That's about, that's like I, I like the ruling on cases and. But the, then we're going to kill them and not are. even and talk really about the Supreme Court. And then that's not what it's about at all. No. And then it becomes the most boring. And I, I mean, we're in spoilers, and I don't feel like this is going to be a super long episode. But the 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 twist reveal, which is not a twist at all, if you've ever seen a movie or <laughs> real life, is, or if you live a, a life in America, yeah, it's a big rich oil magnate guy who we don't even ever see, right. uh, and he has paid off the president and a bunch of cronies and the killer and all these other people to get rid of these justices because they were going to vote against uh, a bill that was going to stop him from being able to drill in these wetlands where an endangered species of brown pelican lives. So there you go. There's, pelican there's another grape. pelicany thing. Yep. So that they're going to, if he, so he's like, Oh, I guess the best way to get my oil bill passed is to murder these two justices and half the other cast, because we lose a lot of people in this movie, uh, and and then and that's it. But we don't even like we don't see our antagonists. Like they kind of set the president up and the FBI director up and other white suit guys as as bad guys. But like, I don't I don't care about yeah. any of that. Is that that's, that's such a weakness. It's such I don't have anything to cheer. And I the thing I'm cheering against is the most generic bad guy ever. I mean, maybe it was that's what I'm saying. In, in '63, oh what a what a conspiracy. In '93, I'm like <laughs> yeah, maybe. And like now, it's just like oh my god again. Like <laughs> not just that. It's sort of expected. You're like oh did somebody kill a Supreme Court justice? It was literally an oil magnet. Sure. I, th- yeah, that's what it, that sounds like. Fucking like a that sounds like a '60s plot of a of a thriller that would that would, that's that's when it would have last been fresh sixty years ago. It's just so. Also, it, also the fact that they had to kill. I mean, Hume Cronin was the was the liberal justice, right? Is that who it was? Hume Cronin was he? A, I guess he was the a liberal. Guy. He has that one little monologue at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they say it in the movie too. He's on his like last legs. Like he's. He's in a bed with oxygen and a nurse and I don't know. I feel like there's so many ways to delay something as opposed to having to go in and, you know, straight up, straight up murder someone, especially knowing that the president, I mean, the way what they don't say what he is, but he seems like a conservative and all they have to do is yes, pretty much wait for like this he... dude to die and they're going to, you know, be okay on the, on the court with, conservatives versus liberals and um, that's, what the, that's what i wanted to know about the, i wanted to know the court's makeup because like right yeah now, they never like, talk it, about that though that's what i fucking thought we were gonna do because that's what i find <laughs> interesting like right the court ha- in real life the court has swung 
heavily in the past 10 years. We've had a lot of new justices, still have a couple that are getting up there in age. And it's yeah. been a really interesting like thing to follow for the last branch of government that isn't 100% political, and it's now becoming that. So there, there right. goes the last bastion of government. Um, but it's it's the Supreme Court is very fascinating. And they just don't – it's literally just a device to get us to like – the most boring cat and mouse every it's been done before everyone it's the reporter and the young the young bright student and the bad oil guy who we who again we don't see we never i don't know who this guy is i i can't even put like a name or a face to him i think that's a point though is that you don't have uh, at at least i'd like like, that you don't have to know and there's enough bad guys to go around that it's it's almost I don't know I, I didn't feel like I ever needed to know I really didn't I, I I like to know who the face of evil is who's the who is the big bad guy because otherwise it's just like it's just like five or six generic dudes who are in the middle like middlemen and I'm like I that's our threat is the the the, the dudes in the middle and a and a president who's I don't know is, is he the supposed to be incompetent ever. yeah yeah is he supposed to just be like a lame duck kind of guy or is like because he doesn't seem malicious he just sits and plays with his dog while other people do stuff. Um, I don't know yeah. if it's supposed to be based off of, off of former president. Like, so, I like, feel like he was probably get, supposed to be based off, uh, thinking of the timing of the book and then the movie, I'm feeling like it was Reagan is who the, okay. they, were, they were probably basing it. Somebody, you know, and he you know, spent a lot of time just playing with his dog and, you know. So the other justice is supposed to be a, con- so, so the main, that's another thing. So a lot of picketing in this movie, a lot of, um, like, uh, mobs outside, uh, protesting, mm-hmm. um, the signs does that to me now like the issues don't line up in my head i'm like there's a lot of like end aids now signs and then there's a lot of like i didn't i I couldn't i'm like who what is this group outside what do they what is like their because they they had like four or five different issues but in modern politics 30 years later they're not they're not right. issues that seem like the same side as they are now. Like they see it. See, so does, did it make more sense to you because you lived back like that time? Did, yeah, I think it, so. I didn't really find that to be like a distraction um, because I it was think, just confusing. I didn't know like what what the political I, because, agenda of because they weren't was. actually painting it. They didn't paint a, a good enough picture for somebody who doesn't have background to. To know, you, I mean, you have to make a lot of assumptions. You assume that it's a conservative president. You consume, you assume that one is a conservative justice and one is a liberal justice, um, just by saying they don't agree on anything except for the environment. Um, and why would why would that be the crossover between two? I mean, I mean, I, justices were different just, back then, like a little bit, but like, and like, yeah, why I would the so. main? I didn't know why the main guy. Because the so that's the, all the people protesting. That's just window dressing. Like just throw up issues and have them all be upset about issues, but not I, I, caring about the details like, of the issues. Well, I mean, when you go through John Grisham stuff, that's basically what it is. Is that you know, there's it's about the corruption and um, I'll, during that time frame of all of this, the you know, you had. Ronald Reagan, George Bush, the first, and those are the people who were in power. And I think that that's, it's conservatism at that point. That's what people are railing against, right? So the issues of that time were, you know, different than the issues now. Thank God. Thank God that some of those things aren't issues anymore, but like, you know, ending AIDS now and stuff like that. That's, that's, those were the kind of things that you would see people. Well, that picking, makes sense. Like, I'm like, who outside is the White against- House. 
who's against ending AIDS now? Well, like, I, I mean, like, is that a and like yeah, also I, like why if this justice like they were protesting the justice too? They were like hang the this justice like we get him at like this, yeah. the, the the main old dude was not popular. And it came it came off to me as if you had QAnon protesters alongside Black Lives Matter protesters, and they were <laughs> not distinguished. Like that's just all one pro. They're all the same. They were a protester. That's what it came off to me as like oh, there's just it- like generic. We don't understand what we're saying, people. We're, yeah, we're, somebody's paying us to be here. Um, yeah, it doesn't. It didn't come. It didn't ring. It ring exceptionally phony. <laughs> I think it's that's age. That's an age piece of the movie. Honestly, I think the things that were being protested were things that were that they would be protesting against a quote conservative government or conservative opinion, um, and because this, I mean, because this thing is going on in the Supreme Court. At the time that, you know, this, uh, the thing that makes the Pelican brief happen, um, that's not the only thing that's going on. I mean, and those are things that would fall by the wayside when it, when you're talking about much, you know, bigger, broader, brighter issues, um, like AIDS at the time where there wasn't, I mean, government funding was slow to come and people were dying. And by the nineties, I mean, it was still like that. I mean, I was thinking that maybe it wasn't quite as bad, but I mean, I went to school in the 80s and that's when it was, you know, it came out. And and in the 90s, there still wasn't, um, you know, it was still almost a verboten thing to still to even talk about. So... Um, Were you on with us when we did uh, Philadelphia? That's the Tom Hanks AIDS movie. Yeah. Yeah. See, that came out, I think, the same year. Yeah. Okay, you're a year later. That already feels like so much, like... That feels relevant and like still good. Like I remember liking that movie, whereas yeah. this feels ancient and not <laughs> relevant. Yeah, that's a I different guess... movie, though. I mean, that's a totally different year. It's a no. It's it's not the same. But like, I guess I I guess I wanted something a little smarter or like a no. little more oh. int- like it's you just sweet so summer it's child. So... It's John Grisham. It's not. It's, it's going to be I, I, it's mass market feels... production of books turned into movies. So I it just feels like the most it feels like the most generic movie I've seen in a while. I don't I watch a lot of crap, but like this doesn't even feel it's not bad. It's fine. It's like right. it I wasn't miserable watching it, but it's just like I feel like I'm just wasting two and a half hours. And that's another thing, two and a half hours. I, if you, I, I just watched this mm, half an hour before recording this. I finished it. And I'm going to see another movie tonight in theaters, and I guarantee I'm not going to remember this tomorrow. Like that, whatever I'm <laughs> what I'm seeing tonight will, even if it sucks, will wipe this clean away from me. <laughs> I have to remember yeah. to put it in my letterbox; otherwise, I will forget that I watched it. Well, the pieces that I remember is like will be from watching this the, this time around is probably like, oh, all of these people are dead. They're dead in the movie, and then they're also dead in real life now. Oh, oh, that's Stanley Tucci. Wow, he looks really different. I'm going to be sad when he dies in this movie. You know, it's like, it's more like (laughs) my running commentary in my head about things related to this movie. Oh, this is Julia Roberts, like second or third film. I think, yeah, she did pretty woman in 91 and yeah, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, rather than the whole, the whole plot of it. Also, I have one thing that I really want to talk about in this movie that I don't think I ever thought about before. I've only seen this in parts, you know, since probably the first or second time but um Mm -hmm. so the killer that kills the assassin the man who's in the movie a lot and doesn't say anything does he even get credit for this because i don't i'm just like every time he shows up is he the one who killed 
Stanley Tucci? I feel like he is. Is he not? The kind I didn't of... even. I didn't even think of like I know at the like later on when they re- like reveal it was some CIA guy, but like I don't remember. I don't know who that would be. I, I don't know which guy that is. If if it's I, any of them, I didn't even realize it was any of them. I feel like it's the same guy that's chasing down Darby and uh, um, oh, what's his name? Darby and Denzel. That's wrong. Oh yeah, Darby and Denzel. Yeah, Grantham. Grant Gray. Yeah, I feel like it's the same guy. I feel like he's now the assassin for this situation that's happened. Now that they have to kill all these people because of the Pelican Brief. Um. But he, all we see him doing is, like, he's behind the wheel of a car. He's standing, talking to people, but they're, we're never privy to anything that they're saying. I'm like, I don't think he utters a word. He looks like a little tiny Dave Bautista. And I was like, I was very fascinated by him on this watch. Just because I, I was like, I can barely even fathom which, who you're talking about. Like, I can't. Oh, the guy who tried to kill them in the garage. He's the guy who first killed... Um, Darby's teacher with the the car bomb, and, and then, he like came to the car and he was like pretending to be a cop. That guy? No, not him. When they're in the oh, garage, when God. when Darby and Gray are in the garage and they're they're she he's trying to turn the car on and and she realizes that it's got that same it's gonna blow click up click like and it's one. gonna blow up. He's yeah. the guy that's in the car that's chasing them through the garage. He looks like a small Dave uh. Batista. <laughs> I, I know I know the scene you're talking about. I can't picture that guy's face. I can't, oh I can't even remember what he looks like. And I think if you would have told me before watching this, I would have been like, I don't know what guy you're talking about. But for some reason, I was really like hyper-focused on him this time just because I, there were a bunch of other like regular white guys that I didn't even want to think about. I mean, Tony Goldwyn is in this and he he's in for like, what, five scenes or something like he's that. He's the director... FBI? No, he's uh no, he's um he's a like the chief of staff. Chief of staff to the president, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. So um I mean so there's people, there's all these people that you know and recognize. Um and there's nothing bad about it. It's just really you know it's It's like a it's like a two and a half star movie for me. It's like yeah. the most bland thing. Like it's it's something I would turn on, like you would turn on for like like sixty eight year olds and like who don't watch stuff, <laughs> and they're like, ah, they don't make them like this anymore. I'm like, yeah, thank God they don't. Like, <laughs> channeling a little Jess right now. Like, this is just, it's, it's this is so, too old. Yeah, it is. It's old and lame. Like, it's just lame. It's, and the it's music, not... all the music in all of these movies are all the same. I feel like there's this. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't that like the crazy music in this piano, movie. like ding, 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 ding. You know, when you things are supposed to get really crazy, and I'm like, is this the actual? Is this the actual same music? Like, are they just recycling? You know, music. From it sound. All it just sounds. Ones? It's it's really lame sounding. Like it doesn't. Like it, that also makes it sound pretty old and generic. Like it sounds like a uh, stings in a like a Twilight Zone episode between commercials. Like that's the soundtrack where the, <laughs> he would be like, and then it would cut back. Like it was, it's like that old. It's so old. I'm trying, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, like with food. Like what is this? This is like, I don't know. It's don't like know. saltwater cracker taffy. barrel. Oh. Applebee's. I know people. Like Applebee's that. better than this. <laughs> no, I got no. I don't think so. But yeah, maybe like chilies. Um, no, because I, I, those I, I, I those are more like a three star generic movies. This is like, <laughs> like I like I would Denny's? go there. I, is this I Denny's? Would, that, 
Oh, De- but Den- Denny's is like a Denny's can be a show. Denny's can be a, like a like a Waffle House kind of deal. No, Cracker Barrel. <laughs> I pick Cracker Barrel because like I would never choose to go there. I'm not gonna hate it, and I'm not gonna not ever go back. But like I I would never choose that. I could throw on an Applebee's or a Chili's and be fine. This I, I would kinda, never choose. Rather than a restaurant, I was kind of going for a food. So I think I'm landing on oatmeal, brown sugar oatmeal, but oatmeal. I don't really like oatmeal. I guess that so I guess that checks out. <laughs> but it's uh, bland, and but you know it. It's it not good for you. Rough, though. I mean, isn't like, oatmeal okay. supposed to be good for you, like remotely? Oatmeal supposed to be good for you. I mean, yeah. I don't think this is good for you. This is this is. Uh... <laughs> I don't think this is bad for you, but that's not. All good right, for you. it's corn. It's just co- ba- frozen <laughs> corn. Frozen corn. Okay. With no with no salt with or no butter. no salt. Okay. Yeah, yeah, just frozen corn in a bowl. <laughs> sustenance. Yeah, it's it it will get it's just sustenance. It's kidney beans. Uh, they they figure it out, and the climactic scene is Denzel calling people, and they're playing like triumphant music, and I'm like, it's again. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that. The, I know that you have to end it. Something. The end is very long and uh, again not climactic. Like there's no like, aha, like oh, oh we did it. Like it yeah, they're not arresting like anybody. Yeah, there's no, there's no like triumphant. They just go and tell John Lithgow, and he's finally like, all right, fine, I have to believe you, I guess, because you have so much evidence now. Uh, and then they call the people. They have the, they had the meeting with the guy, and then he's like, on the record, off the record, right? Uh, and that's fine. She goes in the witness protection program. Uh, the the thing comes out, and uh, Matisse, the he's story, the yeah. mystery bad guy. Yeah, uh, a bunch of aides go to jail. President pays a big fire. Uh, he, he resigns. Uh, Chief staff resigns, not running again. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, oh, he, he's on a talk show, and they're like, "Oh, everyone's speculating. Is she? Is Darby? This Darby, a fictional character? She's she seems too good to be true." And then he does a little, "She's almost too good to be true," or whatever he says. <laughs> and then Darby smiles. And I'm not gonna lie, I kind of liked it a little bit because I like I've th- those two characters interacting is the only thing that like made like pulled me in ever like made yeah. me actually like it because they're just they're they're good together and they're you know they're a-list magnetic charismatic actors so yeah um but and i yeah, think they're good as their characters in this i think it, it's I yeah mean, i've seen together is good but i think i've seen a good. lot of this character for denzel and uh i don't watch a ton of julia roberts stuff but she was good i mean she, yeah what, this is not top, too top two actors in this <laughs> <laughs> Except for the tiny Batista, yeah. No, not tiny Batista. And then all the other guys <laughs> I recognize, they all seem pretty pho- phoned it in. Like no one seemed to be trying very hard. I don't know. To... I need to know like where this is in Stanley Tucci's. Uh, wh- where where are we in his acting career at this point? Because it has to be early because he's I, like yeah. the seventh or eighth guy. He does like no lines. Like you 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 wouldn't cast any. Stanley Tucci in the last 15 years in a role like this. No, but like, if you do a compare and contrast, this is like you, you'll see how good Stanley Tucci is at this point. Yeah, you can so. see he's going to be better. Like, he's going to be given more opportunity later. But like, yeah. like when Sam Shepard's talking to John Hurt, I'm like... <sighs> They don't care. They don't care about being in this. No one cares. Like, also, I don't know that I've seen a Sam Shepard movie where I ever care what he's talking about. So I don't. I, yeah, he's he's a bit of a phone it in kind of guy. I'm trying to. Yeah, think. I feel like he's just yeah. Sam Shepard. He's never the character. He's pretty so. bland, man. Which works for this movie because it's bland, bland movie. Uh, do you recommend <laughs> the Pelican Brief? I mean, I like these movies, so 
I do recommend the Pelican Brief. I think if you're going to watch something, a, a Time to Kill is really good. Um, and the one, what was one that you just said about Runaway Jury? Runaway Jury is, is Runaway Jury is good. I liked Runaway Jury because yeah. because uh, Gene Hackman is so good in it. Gene Hackman and John Cusack's a little quirky for a he's okay situation so he's he's a weird choice to be in these kind of movies yeah that's what i'm like, saying that makes it a little better but yeah. the, the i like i like the actual like story of that a little better i like the what the goings on in the courtroom and with the jury and with um like it gets a yeah, little that feels it, like that feels like you have a little bit more of a mystery about it yeah it does get i remember the end being kind of convoluted and falling apart but i, I feel like I, that's how i might feel about a lot of these i i don't know if i need to go watch these is my point i don't know if i'm missing <laughs> anything from me maybe the tom cruise one since that seems to be the popular one but uh well i don't know i, I don't i, I don't recommend this it's just kind of it's there's so many better empty calories out there. You, you don't you don't need this frozen corn you don't need it it's not uh <laughs> i would agree you watch philadelphia over this 100 percent so even like I watch a bunch of I watch Amazon Prime all the time and I just find like crappy movies that have like like four reviews they have no Rotten Tomato score they have like no, they have like nobody watched them they're by people who never made anything they're 90 minutes long and I just crush those all the time and every 10th one is good I'd rather spend my time doing that because at least I'm like watching new things stuff. and like trying yeah and f- trying to find new like new filmmakers yeah. and new ideas that are interesting and like you know see i'd rather watch just a bunch of those than than this so yeah, this is it's not going to be anything new so this brings yeah this this adds no value to like i guess i've seen another denzel and julia roberts movie now in my repertoire but i don't <laughs> i don't really value that so uh one recommend one not recommend uh, jamie thank you for writing in though we appreciate the listener yeah. suggestions i i would have never seen this and it's uh it is uh it helped. It, now I know not to watch the other ones. So this this did this was helpful for me, and Molly seemed to be fine with it. So um, yeah. Uh, so that is this episode. If you want to suggest things, this is another more proof that we do uh, accept uh, listeners' suggestions and do them from time to time when they're streaming. I know there's some that have, people have sent us that we. It's just whenever whenever they show up on one of the big ones and they cycle through all the time. So when the yeah. next one shows up, that's available. We'll. Throw it on. Films with the Women of My Life on Facebook. Reach out to me on Instagram. I'm Brennan underscore pod host. And you can email the show, films with the women at gmail.com. All right. Thanks for being on for Pelican Brief, Moke. You're welcome. And for, hopefully, the podcast was more brief than the actual <laughs> It's a podcast story. Brief. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's funny. Until next time, <laughs> this is Brennan signing off. Saying thanks for listening and enjoy your. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.